If you're a business owner and you're wanting to grow your business, please make sure you head to Facebook and search for my No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. It's totally free and I share tips, tools, templates, and live trainings on all things sales, marketing, leadership, management, systemization, and more, as well as how to help you to perform at your best by optimizing your mindset as the business owner. So if you're a business owner, head across to Facebook via the link in the description of this podcast and join my free No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. I heard this quote and it massively resonated with me because I know in my own life it's happened and it happens to almost everybody who does it. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where we talk about how to get the best out of yourself and how to build a life that you can't wait to get out of bed and live each day. This podcast is my attempt at documenting my journey, sharing my insights and what I've learned from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to some of the country's top athletes, rich listers, entrepreneurs, and running events for tens of thousands of people on how to better themselves and those around them. This is for those driven to achieve more in life, but are often underestimated by those around them. This podcast is my attempt at helping you prove your doubters wrong. Please enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to share with you a quote that one of my good friends told me, Dr. John D. Martini, and it really hit home when I thought about it. Because the things that I kept trying to avoid were the things that kept happening within my own life and I didn't realize that I was the one who kept creating these problems. Drew Vermofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. I just want to share with you today a quote that my good friend, Dr. John D. Martini, told me. And it took me a little while to sort of think this one through. But when I did, it made so much sense as to why some people just end up with a life of absolute fucking chaos and problems and stress and shit going on all the time for them. Now, this quote he told me when I was over in the US at Houston at one of his events. He said, Michael, what you run away from is what you eventually run into. And it didn't really make sense at the time. But when I thought about it, I kept thinking, well, you know what? It makes a lot of sense because I noticed it in my own life. The more that I tried to avoid stress, the more stressed I became. The more I tried to avoid being lazy, the more lazy I became because the more stressed and frustrated and overwhelmed I became. And then it made me lazy because I would try and avoid doing the work that I needed to do that kept making me feel stressed or overwhelmed. And so I became lazy without even realizing that I was lazy. This may not work in all areas, but I think it's just such a great little quote. I don't know about you, but if you've ever thought, you know what, I don't want to be stressed, I don't want to be stressed, just thinking about stress makes you fucking stressed. And so what you're trying to run away from or what you're trying to avoid is what you're running into. There are so many people who worry about procrastination that being worried about procrastination makes them procrastinate instead of just getting stuff done. There are people out there who don't want to have anxiety and they worry about anxiety all the time. They're always anxious. There are so many people out there who don't want to have people out there hurt them. And then now all of a sudden they have all these people who consistently hurt them or cross boundaries or shit like that. So this is why I use the process of potential or what I call the pop method to balance this shit out because I don't really avoid those things. I don't even really think about them. Like to me, stress doesn't really bother me. It's not anything that I even think about. I don't really think about happiness. I don't really think about unhappiness either because I have a way of balancing out my mindset where I realize that there are benefits and there are drawbacks for both. Like in order to be driven as a driven individual, there are huge benefits and upsides, but there are also huge downsides as well. When you realize it's the same thing, you then regain your choice in how you live. When you don't have that choice and you'll run off of your emotions and your impulses and your fears, you don't have a choice because you might want to be driven and successful, but at the same time, you keep doing things that make you undriven and unsuccessful. And when you feel unsuccessful or not driven, you'll feel guilty, you'll feel ashamed, which will send you in a downhill spiral. When you're in a mental and emotional downhill spiral and your actions don't reflect your idea of what success looks like, 
then you'll beat yourself up and have all the emotional and mental shit. And eventually you'll build up the courage again, or you'll build up some anger or some frustration or whatever the emotion is. And then you'll drive hard again. And when you drive hard, you think, yes, I'm doing it. Everything's great. But I hope that I don't sabotage this. I hope that I don't procrastinate. I hope that I don't fuck all this up again. And so you'll start thinking about that other side. And then all of a sudden, bang, it'll happen again. You'll feel guilty. You'll feel ashamed. And then the spiral will keep continuing. You go around in circles. When you balance that shit out using the pop method that I teach at Thrive Time, or you know, I'm sure there are some other people out there who have some sort of mental and emotional balancing tools. Most of the ones that I've come across are absolute dog shit and have no basis in any sort of scientific principles. They just sound like a good idea because they heard something and tried to create something. But I don't know. To me, a lot of the personal development tools out there are about as good as walking along the beach and finding, I don't know, a magic fucking seashell and then rubbing it and then thinking that your life's going to improve. If it makes you feel better, it makes you feel better. And I guess it's worked for that. But that doesn't mean that you're going to achieve anything. You want to look for something that's actually effective and you can measure tangible results over an extended period of time. And that will show you whether something works. That's the scientific method. You want to be able to replicate something over and over and over again and see it working. If it works sometimes and doesn't really work, then it's not a scientific methodology. If it sounds good, but doesn't really get the good results, then it doesn't really work. I mean, I used to be one of those people. I mean, I've tried most things when it comes to like personal development, personal growth, but like putting crystals and shit in your pocket or seeing the number triple four or triple three or fucking triple 11 or whatever. And you know, all of that sort of stuff, it might make you feel better in the moment. And it might make you feel like, you know, you've got some special powers. But when you actually track results and measure those results, it doesn't change anything. Most people just stay on the same trajectory that they've always been on. My point is you want to get in there and you want to balance out the things that you fear the most. You want to balance out the things that you're scared of, the things that you're afraid of, so that then you don't have to run away from things. You realize that there are benefits to both things. There are benefits to being happy and there are benefits to being unhappy. When you balance that stuff out, you just realize that happiness is no real metric or objective that you're trying to aim for in life anyway. I personally don't even care about happiness. I don't even think about it. I don't think about it because I know that thinking about happiness most of the time will make somebody unhappy. And then when somebody's unhappy, they crave happiness again. It just creates a vicious cycle. So I don't want those cycles. I just don't really even think about it. I know what my mission is. I know what my long-term objectives are. I know what my goals are. I know what my values are. So I prioritize my values each day and work towards my mission. And on that journey of trying to achieve my mission or working towards it, I achieve goals and I just keep moving forward. And that's why I enjoy life because I essentially am the controller of my own destiny versus someone who is fucking out of control. They don't know what their mission is. They've got no future objectives or anything like that, apart from fantasies and delusions that they don't really want to work towards. They can't control their emotions. They can't control their mindset. They procrastinate, self-sabotage beat themselves up, lower their self-worth, lower their self-confidence, all of that sort of stuff that then stops them from achieving the things that they want. Then when that happens, they crave things like happiness and joy and all of these crazy elated emotional states without realizing that that actually throws them into a downhill spiral. What goes up has to come back down. So anytime you have an elated emotional state, you will crash. And the higher the high, the lower the low. So all these people who go and jump around and get super motivated and get all fucking pumped up and fist pump the air, or they have all these big joyful moments, you watch them, they crash. They emotionally fall apart within the next 30 days and they have these ruts. People who need external motivation aren't really driven by something internal that's inspiring. When you have internal inspiration, it's just this flow that you have throughout your life. You don't have big peaks, but you don't have big troughs. When you're inspired, you just wake up in the morning, and get shit done because you've got a mission. You've got an objective that you're trying to achieve in life and you just work towards it. And it's fulfilling because you're living your values. You're serving a purpose. You've got a long-term mission that you're working towards, a long-term objective, and you just get shit done. You don't really think about happiness. You don't really think about joy. 
Hey Driven Mofos, if you ever wanna have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. That's now called a flow state. So when people talk about flow state, they're essentially talking about someone who's living their values, serving their purpose, and they have a long-term mission or objective. Now, most of the stuff that I've come across when people are talking about flow state, they're talking about this thing where you get yourself into the right state and eventually, you know, you'll fall into this flow state and you just get stuff done. But it's very wish-washy. What it really takes to get into flow is to be able to live your values. You know, if I wake up and just live what I love every day, I'm in flow. When I have to do things that I don't want to do, that's when I'm out of flow. When I am forced to do things or I think, oh, fuck, I've got to do this shit, and I'm trying to avoid it, it's when I'm avoiding that thing that it actually, that creates the problem because what you avoid is what you run into. So if I avoid having to do a task throughout the day, it's probably because I've not prioritized effectively, not delegated effectively, or not linked it to my values. And so I don't really know why I'm doing it. If I don't know why I'm doing it, I'm probably likely to commit to something, not follow through on it, which then I call self-sabotage. So you're more likely to self-sabotage when you don't link things to your values. There are tasks most days that I don't want to do. But what I do is I grab a pen and paper and I sit down and I write down the benefits of doing that task so that it links it to my values. And then eventually my brain goes, actually, I would like to get this done because it helps me to achieve my mission, serve my purpose, or live my values. And then I feel like it's part of the journey not this other thing that I have to do in order to try and get something in the future, because then that makes you grind and burn out. To get into flow, we want to make sure that we're linking things to our values if it's stuff that we don't want to do. As a business owner, I tend to hire people that can do those tasks. Now, this was a massive mistake that I used to make, was I would hire people who were the wrong people for the wrong role and who didn't have the right value set. They were people who like working for the business because of the culture that we've got or whatever it is. And they would come in here and they couldn't do the fucking job because it was outside of their values. They didn't have the skill set and they were just incompetent. And over time, it started to show that I would start getting frustrated. Whereas now we've got an amazing team of individuals who are all here and they love what they do. And so because of that, they're in flow every day. I can delegate those responsibilities to those people who actually enjoy doing those tasks so that I don't have to do them. That's great delegation in business. If you don't understand value structures and value systems and how to understand another person's mission, then you might be hiring ineffective staff and you'll be churning through tons of cash. You know, I've had people come to our events like Business Growth Odyssey who have churned through probably a million dollars maybe even more of ineffective staff hiring in a couple of years. Like if you think about it, if you hire, let's say someone for $150,000 a year and they're the wrong person for the job and you keep them for 12 months, you just lost 150 grand. Then you've got to rehire. That might cost a little bit more money as well because now you're back out, you've got to advertise all that stuff. Then there's this delay because you've essentially have to get rid of somebody and then you've got to rehire again. So there's this time delay. So now you've got opportunity costs that you're wasting. There's productivity that you're wasting because the business slows down now while this is happening. Then you get the new person on, you've got to onboard them, you've got to bring them into the culture, and then you've got to get them up speed, which takes another 90 days. Therefore, let's just say they're on $200,000 a year. If they're on 200 grand, you lost 200,000 in the first year, then you've got 90 days to get them up to speed again. You may have lost another 50 or $60,000 in that. So it's quite easy if you're hiring ineffective people to churn through cash without even realizing it. You know, and I have people who tell me all the time, oh, you're expensive. I'm expensive. Not like that, though. If you've got an ineffective staff member, 
paying for coaching or paying to go to some of my events or something like that is negligible. Like it's, it makes no difference because the amount of money that most businesses churn through by hiring the wrong people is ridiculous. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you analyze the person's values and their mission, and then you can delegate those things to them effectively and they'll do a better job than you. That's how you know you've got good delegation. I could say to one of my staff members how I need this done and providing it's within their value structure, they'll do it better than what I do it. Why would I not want to delegate it? And then that's when you start having confidence in your team. You wake up every morning, you want to go into the business because you know that your team are going to crush it. I hope this episode's making sense anyway. I can't even remember how I started this episode. I was just in flow and the mic was here. So I thought I'm just going to grab it and go for it. I actually lost the point of this whole episode. Anyway, now you know how my brain works sometimes. But anyway, I hope that it helps and I hope it makes you think about your values, your purpose and being able to delegate stuff and also getting into flow state. Really, if you want to stay in flow and you want to get great results, make sure that you prioritize your values each and every day. If you find that you've got things like self-sabotage patterns, self-destructive behaviors, you're impulsive, you're fear-driven, you worry about shit all the time, these are clear signs that you're either unclear with your values and you're not living your values and prioritizing them each day, or you're living with implanted values and you're trying to people please. And your mind will be clouded with the voices of all these other people that are telling you what to do, how to live, how to behave, all of those things that are not gonna help you to perform at your best. So this is where it's time now to step up and to do something different and to really learn what drives you so that then you can be the best that you can be. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope this episode helped in some way, shape or form to think a little bit differently about your life and the way that you're living. I hope you're having a great day. Keep kicking goals. And thanks for being part of this awesome community of Driven Mofos. Have a great day, everybody. And I look forward to joining me back here on another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. 